Welcome to episode number seven of the Quotes and Chokes podcast. I'm Nick Angeloni. And I'm Ruth Pogosian. And um, well, you want to introduce our guest today? Yeah. Today we have UFC Bantamweight Corey Sandhagen. Yeah. How's it going, guys? What's up, Corey? Are we saying that right? Yeah, Sandhagen. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> Dutch. Yeah, it's Dutch. Zandhagen in Dutch. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, world uh, Amateur Kickboxing. Muay Thai. Muay Thai uh, or Kickboxing? K1 rules. Kickboxing. K- K1 yeah. rules, yeah. Uh, champion. Where did that tournament take place? Uh, Tuscany? Tuscany, Tuscany, Italy. That's right. Yeah. I remember Italy, that. yeah? Yeah. It was, really cool. it was a yeah. pretty big deal tournament. I remember when Corey, this was like three years ago? It was, for, uh, I was 22, so four years ago. Four now. years ago. Yeah, four years ago now. Um, the basis is you got to win the, uh, or I guess you don't have to win, but you have to show up and perform real well at the WK National Tournament. Yeah, and then uh, they invite you on the U.S. team, and then you head out to Tuscany a few months later and go and compete against the top in the world. Huh? Is it always in Tuscany? Mm, no, oh, it's like I think they change locations. Yeah, they change locations. Oh, okay. I think it was in Cancun another month or another year. And they put it yeah. in pretty cool. Yeah, dude. I remember spots. it was a pretty big deal. Yeah, like when you won that, that was like your final accomplishment, kind of in the amateurs before yep. you went to the pros. Yeah. Uh, how many uh, how many amateur fights did you have like in all? I had ten kickboxing and then I went four and one um, in MMA. Oh, okay. Yep. So not a lot actually. I remember seeing. Um, I remember a while ago, um, Cody Donovan posted something. I believe it was him, and it was like it was a picture of you, and it was like the day you came in for the <laughs> yeah. first time or something. And I remember being pretty surprised. I was like, that doesn't seem like it was that, not that many years. Yeah. You know, like what was your did you have an athletic background before you started fighting? Or, um, or? I mean, I was always outside playing. Like, Played I, basketball. I, yeah, yeah, I was a basketball player, actually. I was, I, I think, pretty decent at basketball. <laughs> It'll we'll bundle them together. Just keep going. <laughs> uh, I was actually a pretty decent basketball player. Like, okay. uh, I wasn't much of a scorer, but I was really good at... Uh, defending? At, at, uh, yeah, at defending and then uh, dribbling. I was good at, like, cutting angles, blah, blah, blah. So I think that that helps a lot with footwork and stuff. I was going to say, um, I feel like, yeah. is that where you feel like you got, like, your fast yeah. feet from? Yeah. Right? I even see myself sometimes on shadow boxing. It's like I could be dribbling a ball sometimes, you know what I mean? I could see uh, that. Yeah, yeah. I never saw that before, yeah. but now that you say it, yeah, that makes sense. Um, but, yeah, and then basketball ended, and I really didn't have any athletic outlet anymore except for lifting weights. So I, that's when I signed up at high altitude. And it was really only because I watched it on TV. Uh, I was watching the WEC on you? TV. I was 17 when I signed up. Uh, so basketball ended because you graduated high school? Or what? Yeah, oh, okay. yeah. And I didn't want to play in college. I was burnt out on it. Mm. But, uh, so you skyrocketed pretty fast in your skill development. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I remember one well, of my first memories uh, when I first moved out here to Denver. Dober had just joined the team. I had just joined the team. And I remember seeing, like, you were, we were both still amateurs. Dober was already in the UFC. And uh, I remember seeing you and him go at it. And, like, like you were going at it. Not just like, cause you, f- just cause you felt good that day, but like, cause you felt like you belonged in there mm-hmm. already at that time, and that was what. So this was four years ago, four and a half years ago, meaning, you were like only two, three years into it, right? Yep. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Pretty incredible. A little bit more, I guess, but yeah, man. I honestly, I just got really lucky, like uh, signing up at high altitude, and then like um, being with Christian since I first started, and Cody since I first started, and then like got in with them real quick because they saw that I was picking it up really quick and then uh they put me on the fast track I was at grudge training with like the pros when I was 18 like a year in you know like 
and at that time it was just like a free for all almost like any weight would go with anyone so like it was either I was gonna get my ass whooped Slaughter or fest. I was gonna yeah or I was gonna learn really quick <laughs> sink or yeah. swim yeah yeah that's funny but I feel like a big part of that is having good coaches right because I yeah I remember when I first started training I started at when I first started MMA, like transitioning from jiu-jitsu, I started at Alliance MMA, mm-hmm. and I was training with really good dudes. Miles Jerry was down there at the time, Jeremy Stevens, and they would just beat my ass, but I didn't really get any better, because yeah. nobody explained yeah. to me what the fuck you were doing, you know? I feel like you got to have those good guys, but then, um, like, those are two of the best coaches, right? And not really, not too well-known, I feel like, but underrated coaches, yeah. those two guys. I think they're known, they're just not as known as they should be right, right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. But when Overing was here, he was hell impressed with both yeah. Christian and Donovan. Yeah, yeah. Um, so uh, going, so this is gonna be your second fight in the UFC, right? Second, yeah. So actually, tell the story for like people that don't know about your first fight coming off of what you came off the LFA fight, right? Yeah, then, the LFA fight in January. Um, but I guess it started a little bit earlier. So um, in 2016, I lost my first pro fight. And that, like, set into motion, like, a lot of things that I had to, that I realized that I, I was getting away that. with for a long time, like... Wait, not, you, you lost your first pro fight, or you had your first pro loss? Uh, my first pro loss. Okay. Um, and that set into motion just a bunch of things that I knew were wrong in my head, but I was getting away with winning and getting away with still doing well in fights. Um, but I had to make, like, a lot of uh, uh, connections in my head, and uh, uh, as far as, like, mentally, and then performing well, and this and that, so that's kind of when it started. I took, like like 10 months off I think and then I fought again in uh, October because I felt the, the, the drive again and I felt and I figured all those things out for myself you took um, 10 months off without training? Um, I mean I was training oh. a little bit but it was just like fun training you know what I mean mm-hmm. it wasn't like like I was still going to the practices but it was when I wanted to I went to the mountains a lot and I camped almost every weekend Yeah, uh, mm-hmm. and, I, and I hiked mountains and that's how I kind of figured out uh, so it was more like spiritual work yeah really. it was definitely a spiritual journey for me did you, uh, did you do that with the intention of, like, coming back better for fighting? Or were you, like, trying to decide what you were going to do? No, because when I lost, I really... And I know everyone says that they hate losing. You took it hard, I remember. I, I was in the locker room really there. Because um, we fought on the same yeah. card. It was the yeah, other fake card. Yeah, I won, Yeah, you I, came back, like... He was dying. <laughs> you were dead, bro. <laughs> <laughs> you had a tough fight, though. <laughs> you had a tough fight. I was, I was like, like, extreme hypoxia. Huh? Extreme hypoxia. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was fucking... Oh, that's so good. Um, so you uh, were trying to decide. No, he was. He t- like I remember yeah. in the locker room. He was taking it really hard, and I could tell how much that loss. Hurt, yeah, yeah. You know? Did you um, have you had lead losses as an amateur and stuff, though? Right, just one. Mm. Um, you know the guy I took it just as hard. Really, <laughs> <laughs> the guy that you fought to is he's a good guy. I mean, I would say he's a friend of mine, but I in my head, I had. You winning like yeah oh yeah hands down I know and that's what the problem was yeah is because I knew that too but like it was in the fight where I was just like can this fight be over like I don't really like really like let's get this over with you know like I don't even care and like that's when I was like do I even care about this sport anymore like why am I even doing this and that's what set into like motion the entire like uh, me seeing a sports psychologist and me like. Hmm. going up to the mountains and figuring out like is that even the reason that I'm even on the planet like what is the point of doing all of this fighting like what good am I doing out of it because that's a big thing in my life too I, I need to feel like I'm doing something for uh for the world and for humanity give it and, back like, yeah and give back in some way and like 
at that, it took me a long time. It took me 10 months to figure out that this is a way that I can do it, but I wasn't sure if, if that was the case, and that's why I took those 10 months off. And ultimately, that made you a way better fighter. Yeah, because yeah. then I found the love for it again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, it took a little bit, but I, I think I was just a little burnt out. I, honestly, I don't even really know what it was. Maybe I needed to take some time and get a little bit better in that time and figure things out as far as, like, uh, becoming more of a, men- uh, a mental, like, titan in, instead of just, like, just another really good fighter. Um, so what were the things that... Um I mean, I don't know if it is it shareable or is it personal. I think that you said that you had to, there were some things that you were getting away with that you feel like you had that you realized you had to fix. Yeah, it was. Um, I mean, everyone goes through it. Uh, the whole like waking up in the middle of the night to go to pee and then realizing that you have this huge thing in two weeks that you have to go do and everyone's going to be watching and it's going to and it's just like crushing you know like it it felt mm-hmm. like like i would have a couple panic attacks you know like oh okay uh so it was it was not having a strong mental game that you yeah away with. pretty much um and yeah not just like going in and being like that ah, i don't really feel like it today and this and that but like i, I think all fighters have yeah well, at least once in their life have felt that yeah you know and like and i think it's up it's on you to realize that okay i'm going through this like what is what's the message here what do yeah. i gotta do to what adjustments i gotta make to to fix this i remember i i've had moments like that too where like the nights before the fight i'm like shit like having almost little baby panic attacks yeah yeah, yeah. but um you just you know like everybody got their coping mechanisms i'd say my uh warriors maxim that i made up whatever couple of gratitude prayers and just yeah boom, i'm back in the yeah you just gotta work through it yeah yeah isn't it funny man like like what a i guess kind of a like a weird person that it takes to be like to want to do that right yeah. and then we finish like all right let's take a week off and then do that again let's yeah. just live with that feeling. yeah <laughs> yeah especially yeah. after i lost it was like why this like, yeah. why do this? Like, I don't have to feel this way. Most people are never going to feel this way. Yeah. Because I'm, I'm very, very hard on myself. Even after, like, a practice where I, I'm winning around, but I get hit a couple times, it's like, Shit. nope, not okay. Yeah. You know, for the rest of the week, not okay. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm working on that, but... Do you feel uh, like that's a double-edged sword, though? Because, like, yeah. in some ways that can make you... Like, striving for per- perfection is not necessarily a bad thing. Yeah. I um, think You can the, also beat yourself up, too, The right? difference yeah. is striving for perfection... And striving for excellence. Yeah. I think, like, when you're striving for excellence, uh, you can allow yourself to make small mistakes here and there and just know how to make the adjustments from there. But when you're striving for perfection, like, you can't have any yeah. little wrinkle. And, like, that's going to fuck, fuck with you for yeah. the rest of the week. Yeah. So you sought out a mental coach? Yeah, I started seeing a mental coach about two, uh, I guess, a year and a half ago now. Um, and, like... He helped me put out little fires, but also he helped me, like, uh, make the connection, which was, for me, huge. And um, I don't know how much of a spiritual talk you guys want to have, but just, like, dis- just the disconnection between, like, uh, the thoughts in my head are not the the actual I am, you know? Like, they're not the actual me. Mm-hmm. They're just, like, a bunch of, like, cl- clutter in my head, you know what I mean? Yeah. Passing clouds. Yeah, passing clouds is yeah. a good metaphor. Balloons are, are a good metaphor, too. But, like... Uh, those things are not me and for a long time I had to like I was like battling against those things that weren't me and then so for for me one of the biggest things was disconnecting that and then it being becoming like 
these are just coming from somewhere different and that's not what I want in my mind so I'm not gonna I'm not gonna pay that any mind and they're just gonna be a cloud that floats by hmm. and the me underneath is the me that wants to strive for excellence like you were saying and 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 be the best that I can be and Sorry. if it wins me belts it wins me belts but honestly like I'm more about like me performing as well as I can every single fight and every single practice that's the way I look at it too yep. I mean that's all you can do that's all you can do you can't do anything else yeah like uh, everything else is out of your control uh, win the moment right you yeah guys, you guys talk about that uh, n no like, I've heard that before though I was hell bent on winning fights but like when you think about winning the moment each moment is an opportunity to win yeah and like you're just thinking about the next step ahead of you you're not thinking you're in flow yeah it's easier to get into a flow if you're thinking about winning the moment but if mm -hmm. you're thinking win the round win the fight you know that's too big of a picture yeah. There's, yeah. there's no time for that yeah what, what was like uh, what was the contrast like in the way that you felt going into uh, so after that loss you had how many fights uh, I had two two with LFA and they were both finishes and then I got called Okay. Yeah. So it wasn't even many. Yeah. Yeah. So then those those next two fights, like, what was the diff? Did you feel a noticeable difference? Like, I didn't feel any pressure. I mm -hmm. didn't feel any pressure to impress anyone because uh, I grew up in this sport. Like, uh, like a lot of pressure to perform really well. Blah blah blah. Because I, I got it was a I high was, prospect. Yeah. Yeah. Blah blah blah. Yeah. High prospect. Um, which I liked because it pushed me, but also it was a double edged sword. Um, but no, dude, I went in with like no pressure. It was it was almost like weird where I was just I went into that first fight and I knew that I was fighting a guy who could knock me out because all of his finishes, I think, were knockouts or something. Uh, and I was just like, I don't care. And like, I don't like saying I don't care because I, I do care because obviously or else I wouldn't leave practice feeling upset if I got hit just a couple times when right. I shouldn't have. Mm -hmm. um, so I do care. I use the word uh, I don't have any attachment. I don't yeah. have any attachment to that fear anymore. It's just it's just me going out, and he can do what he's going to do, but I'm only focused on everything that I can do, and that's it. You accept whatever may be. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and that's what, my, that's what Joey, uh, the sports psychologist who I talked to, uh, explains, like, the, the change that I've gone through is it's just a radical acceptance. Hmm. Where, like, whatever I'm feeling when I walk into the gym, if I'm feeling 30%, if I'm feeling 80%, I accept that, and then I go and do my best. And it's the same thing when I go into a fight now. It's like this is what I'm working with. This is yep. it is what it is. And this how is can I? And I can't change it by stressing out about it. So it's kind of like let this, it be. the serenity prayer. Yeah, you know, God grant me the serenity yeah. to accept the things I cannot change, courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. So, yep. like you understand that okay, if I'm at thirty percent, I'm at thirty yeah. percent. Give me the courage to work with my thirty percent. Yeah. One thing that that Dwayne always says is is. Focus on the things you can control, mm -hmm. right? Which and the same thing. Yeah, we're all saying the same thing in different yeah. words, but yeah. I think that's a recent discovery for me. Yeah, and it's it weird how it clicks, right? Yeah, it's mm -hmm. so weird how it clicks because I mean I've heard that a million times. Yeah. Focus on what you can control. Focus on what you can control. Comes in one ear out the other, yeah. right? When you're yeah. not ready to hear it. Yeah, you hear it in the right words though that, that yep. click for you. Yeah, I remember my last fight. You know, usually almost all my fights have been like. You know, in your head, like that's why that's why we drill and stuff, right? Because in my head, it's like oh, I'm gonna do this, I'm gonna do this. But mm -hmm. then, when, as soon as you get in there, it's like it's just like your brain's not there anymore. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And then, and then my last fight was the first time I, I I really put that into practice, like focus on what I can control. And I remember getting in there and then watching him walk in and being like, oh shit, like I'm 
I'm present. Like I'm yeah. actually aware of what yeah. the fuck's going on. Like that's a it's powerful. Can, yeah, 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 it is, and it's way more enjoyable too. Yeah, yeah, you know? enjoying is a big thing too. <clears throat> mm-hmm. That's why I like stress for uh, some of the guys to go see Joey is because I'm like. Man, you don't have to wake up in the middle of the night to take a piss and like have a little panic attack anymore. Like you can like piss freely. Like you can wake up in the night and not be nervous about peeing. Yeah. That is that's awesome. That's what it hits me too. Man. Yeah, man, it's cool. It's cool because and that's like the thing that's like the greatest part about it is now I get to enjoy the thing that I love. Mm. Where before I was battling the thing that I love. It's weird, right? You love it, but yeah. at the same time, like the, that nervousness takes the pleasure out of yeah. it. Yeah. And now you're bringing that pleasure back. Yeah. That's that's really interesting. So, like, just a quick plug. Who's the guy that you're, that you're seeing? Uh, his name's Joey Fritz. Fritz. Okay. Yeah, he's from Resilience Code. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. He's excellent. I've seen him, too. Yeah, he's I really did. good. Yeah. 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 Mm. That's the next thing that I plan. Like, I've been doing a lot of work on my own. And, like, you know, I talk with Dwayne about it a lot. And then and I read about it a lot. But mm-hmm. that's the next thing that I, I've been telling you this, that... I gotta get into my budget first, but like yeah. the next thing I'm gonna add to my training. Yeah, is, uh, my mental game was already strong. Like I, you know, I studied a lot of psychology. I, nice, nice. <laughs> <mental game>. um, <laughs> and I read sports psychology books all the time, and like that's just something that I love anyway. Yeah. So, uh, but seeing Joe took my game to another level. My mental yeah. game, you know, like uh, I was already doing some of the things, but then like he says things in a certain way, you're like, oh shit. Yeah, that's yeah, a big yeah. one, you know, like... And personalized. Yeah. Does he give you, like, things that you do on your own, or it just, like, teaches you lessons? Um, so, uh, some of it is putting out fires. That's kind of how it started. Okay. Um, where it's like, hey, I'm feeling this way, hey, I'm worried about this. Because everyone has their little ang- anxiety things that they go through, like, right. oh, I'm nervous that this person's going to be here, or uh, I'm scared of getting knocked out, or I'm scared of, like, uh, what, what, missing weight, or whatever it may be. Everyone has their little ways that they, like... Uh, relieve this anxiousness um, with thought but uh, it's more like uh, what were we talking about just now that phone call just had me messed up Um, I was asking you if he gave you like exercises yeah okay yeah the exercises Um, yeah the biggest one and I think you do it to a root is the gratitude Gratitude, journal yeah Yeah, so every morning when I wake up um, I do my meditation but I do my meditation on my own Uh, that isn't really something that Joey gave me um, because you should be trying to be present throughout the day not just in the morning but the meditation thing is is big for me I do like 7-10 minutes in the morning depending on how much time I have but then I'll go downstairs and uh, I have on my board, I have three things I'm grateful for, uh, three things that are my goals for the day. Oh, and then, and then yeah, a new one that I just added because it's big for me is three things that I've given. Hmm, and like, that's, that's the toughest one for me to, or it started out being tough for me, but for me, it's important for me to know that I'm here and I'm helping the, the world. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. so like when I go through a training camp and I'm like, and I get like unmotivated and blah blah blah, and I'm like, ah, I'm only doing this for me anyways, you know. But that's not the case, and that's not. I don't think why we're all doing this anyways, you know. Um, that's really interesting. That's actually yeah. something that I've thought about. It's funny because I'm having like kind of like a realization moment right now because that that was always what I told myself was a lot of my motivation too was. I felt the reason I got into doing this sport was like I wanted to show people that what they could do, right? Because mm-hmm. I, so like being an inspiration or me being not necessarily someone that was particularly like naturally talented in the beginning. Like if I could get far, then 
other people who yeah. are also just regular can get far, you know? So, and then recently thinking, also having the realization of like, I, I don't need to win, like just accepting, right? And just enjoying yeah. it. And then kind of hitting, I kind of hit a spot where I'm like, well, then why? I mean, I'm not, why do I got to do all this shit yeah. then if I don't really care about the outcome? And, uh, and I feel like that's it, right? Because it's, that's a tough that's balance. purpose, you know? Yep. Yeah. That's a really tough balance. <clears throat> mm-hmm. Um, yeah, the, the, and it just kind of comes down to trust, man. You just got to trust that, like, you're in the right place doing mm-hmm. the right thing. You know? I, I like True. the goal. The, which I don't do that. Yeah, yeah the goals is a big one, too, because it holds you to it. Like, after practice just now, I didn't want to go do the rower, but I had that goal on my list, and when the when the goal is on the list, I do it. I don't care. Like, mm-hmm. uh... I got to come back and look at Because I got to come back and I got to erase it in the morning and I got to be like, ah, shit, I did it. Oh, you erase it the next morning? Yeah, yeah it's a dry board. So, yeah, nice. I erase it. I'll do it every morning. And your goals, does it, is it all sports related or yeah. just no, like anything? Life. Yep, anything. everything. Because everything's connected anyways, you know. I, I'm a true believer in that. Like, if you're not living right outside of the gym, then it's, you can't be living right inside the gym. Either. Yeah, yeah. I, I really believe that. That's and, time I start incorporating that yeah. into my routine. And then it gets to a point where, I mean, maybe it'll help you too, Nick, like the giving part, because mm-hmm. that's, I mean, it's a big part too, you know, like you got to feel like you're giving, uh, and it's it's hard. But it like, kinda, it's kind of fulfilling, huh? Yeah, it makes you feel, and it, it just motivates you more, you know? It's like, uh, I sat down and I had a really nice talk with so-and-so today, and I actually was present and I listened to them, and that's like most of what mm-hmm. my givings are, you know, it's just like listening intently to like what the person has to say, because they're telling it to me it must be important yeah yeah so to them yeah that's a big thing man like with people uh especially people that maybe aren't necessarily comfortable like in conversations and things like that it's like all that people really want you to do is listen to them you don't have yeah, to like that's it you know. nobody wants advice most of the time people don't want yeah. advice yeah but like we give advice but i have it they just want to be heard yeah and if they want advice they'll ask for advice yeah you know yeah if they want advice they'll ask for it that's how i learned when i got married man you know <laughs> <laughs> shut up and listen yeah my, my wife would tell me all this all this stuff like well just do this and then she would just get more mad I'm like yeah. i don't understand i gave the answer <laughs> dude i took a sociology class in college and that's what i read an article on that it's like the only article article that I ever read <laughs> in that class but it was about the differences between the way that men listen and the way that women listen and the way that men listen is just like give advice they're just like all right how do we solve this problem you know yeah. and women just empathize. sit and they empathize yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. and dude my my mom and dad are like perfect examples of that I don't even talk to my dad anymore about anything yeah it's just it's like advice right away I'm like all right that's not what I was looking for <laughs> <laughs> what's up mom <laughs> what's up mom <laughs> Dude, my, my dad will always, like, he'll watch my fights or something or, like, watch me practice and be like, um, because he's so used to giving me advice and everything, he'll be like, yeah. well, you should do it this way. I'm like, have you ever trained a day in <laughs> yeah. your life? Like, yeah. leave me alone. <laughs> Are your parents into it? Mm. My parents don't know what an arm bar is. Oh, oh they're not going to do it in that way. No, yeah, yeah okay, definitely yeah, not. Know nothing my mom has been watching, my mom and dad <laughs> have been watching Fatal with me since, like, Pride days. Oh, so oh, for real? Yeah. Oh, that's so cool. Like, I forced my mom to watch it. My dad loves it, but yeah. like, my mom has grown to love it. She used to hate it. Yeah. Like, the blood and everything. She yeah. She'd yell, and then now she's just accepted it. Yeah. My dad's, like, one of those, like, people that are like, this is just human cockfighting. What is this shit? Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Boxing is the yeah. real gentleman's sport. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's what my mom is like, too. She was like, 
I know you're doing this because you were angry growing up. <laughs> 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 I don't think so, but maybe. Possibly, I but... <laughs> like, maybe that's how it started. I don't yeah. know. But yeah, my dad's... Uh, my dad's... Or my favorite uh, summarization of one of my fights from my dad was... Because this is how they're all summarized. is It looks like he was more of like trying to grab you, but you were more like <laughs> trying to stay away from him and punch him. <laughs> and I was like... Yeah. yeah, yeah the nail <laughs> and that's it every single time. That's, that's just like summary of my fights. <laughs> um, so what's... Uh, uh, oh, shoot. I lost track of what I was about to ask. Uh, moving on to the next thing. I was gonna, do you have anything you want to ask before I move on to what I, uh, I was going to change the subject? No, I'm, I want to talk about his fight coming up. You okay. Huh? Yeah. You got uh, August 25th, Lincoln, Nebraska, right? Yep, that's about it. That's about as far as I've thought about it, too. Um, I haven't watched anything on Yuri yet. Um, that's how I like to do it, too. I don't like yeah. to watch film on my opponents. Yeah. Like, maybe quick, quick glance. Yeah. If that. Uh, I, I don't like, want to overthink things. Like, yeah. It's just I just fight. like to see how they move. Yeah. That's it. So, I, you, know, so you don't have a end. game plan going into it? Uh, well, Christian and Elliot both watched him, and like me and Christian, like they've told me what he does in this, but okay. I don't so really. So you have I, them watch tape? Yeah. Um, I'll still watch tape. I'll probably watch tape um, when I'm three, two or three weeks out. Um, just because opponents change all the time, so what's the point of like yep. programming so much into your head before you even actually know that that's going to be the person? I agree with that. And then that you make right it, now. yeah, you make it a bigger thing than it needs yeah. to be. It's yeah. just a fight. Like we. We like in sparring, we get new people all the time yep. that we've never sparred with before. We, it's not like we're game planning for them and we perform well. Mm -hmm. You know, like you have to be able to adjust. Yeah. In the fight, when things are. Yeah. I agree with that, but at the same time, like at least for me personally, I will generally spar better with somebody every time I spar with them. You know, like because I've learned. You know, and like and I remember like yeah. what they do. You yeah, know? for yeah. sure. I think we all do. Like once we learn each other's tricks and shit mm -hmm. yeah and that's what like makes us get better right cause like you know I figure your shit out then you figure my shit out and then we have to change mm -hmm. our shit and then, then we come up a level <clears throat> right yeah, yeah cause we have to yeah, yeah. otherwise we can get our ass kicked yeah but for me though like I get, I get what you're saying like one of my coaches in California cause I usually will do half my camp back home um he does the same thing like I'll get frustrated cause he won't he'll give me my, my breakdown for like my opponents like three weeks ahead of time and I'm like dude I need I, I feel like I need six weeks just to have enough time to drill it, like yeah. to, to get it to where I don't forget. In the, yeah, you know. But I mean, that's just me personally. I know that. I agree, I agree with that too, though. Yeah. Like if I knew nothing about him, like Christian and Elliot didn't watch him either, then that would be an, an issue for me. Okay. Um, as long as somebody yeah. has watched it. Yeah. They just told me Some he was a southpaw. Tendencies. Yeah, he was a southpaw. He swings real wide with his hooks, um, and he submitted a few people. How, so, how much are you thinking about like? Like, let's say when you spar, like, how much are you thinking about the way that he fights and the way that you need to fight? In the first half or five weeks, um, I'm, I'm in the pro I look at it as, like, Your a programming ten phase. Weeks. Ten weeks. Uh, eight weeks. Eight weeks, okay. Yeah. So, like, first four or five weeks, I'm trying to program everything into my head. And then starting three weeks away, so starting for me today... I'm not thinking when I'm when I'm sparring anymore. Okay. I'm just hoping that the programming, I'd like trusting, just trusting that yes, the, that the, yeah that 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 programming is in my head, and I'm just now I just go out and I, I'm just gonna train for the rest of the three weeks. And then what if like your opponent changed tomorrow? And then it changes tomorrow. Then you'd go back to programming. Uh, 
Yeah, I guess I would have to for a little bit. Okay. Yeah. Hmm. For maybe a week. Eight weeks, huh? Eight weeks, but that's too long for me, man. Uh, Wait, it's like the first couple of weeks is probably a little less workload. Mm-hmm. How many? Yeah, go ahead. Kind of. Kind of? Uh, not really, man. Once I get going on something, I get going on it. How many hours yeah. a week do you think you're putting in right now? Uh, I do three every day except for Thursday. Um, some of them are drilling sessions and stuff, so not all of them are hard. But uh, No, I know, but even counting the drilling se- sessions all together, what that, do you think you're putting in? The week? hours? Yeah. Mm, three, six, nine, twelve, fifteen, probably like, uh, 16, and then like maybe another like four of like recovery and stretching and that extra counts, workouts that counts. like that. Yeah, yeah. said 20 maybe. About 20? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Nice. I, I feel like 20 is about the optimum number for me to yeah. 20 hours. Yeah. I hear some people when they say their interviews that they're putting in like eight 30, hours a day. Yeah. I'm like, no, you can't. Like, no, you cannot. So I was like, I know that I ride. massages too. Yeah. I'm like, I ride the line of overtraining every single week. And yeah, I take Sundays off, but on Saturdays, if I feel like I can still do more, like I'll go on a run or a bike ride or something yeah. until I'm on that edge of like falling off of overtraining. Yeah. And then that's when I'll chill. You know, so like these guys I do 30 hours. I mean, you know, Overeem was telling me that, uh, he's, he does his camps like, well, at least he used to, um, he'll do three weeks hard or two weeks hard, two or three weeks hard. And then the next week he'll do one workout a day and he'll try not to get tired in that workout so like that whole week is like yeah. that and then he'll go back to two days and pushing it hard again yeah and then it's fight like he'll that's do how, two more weeks like that and then it's fight week yeah that's how like uh weightlifters do their camps yeah they like up 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 and then down regulate and then up, 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 i yeah. i would freak out like yeah, the training like camp to yeah, do I don't like that. one training good, session man. a day i'm like yeah. <laughs> what do I do with myself? Yeah, dude, I even I even tried going out to San Diego to try to do that. Like uh, I was out there two weeks ago, I think. Yeah. But yeah, I trained for two weeks, then was out there for a week because I was like, oh, I'll enjoy the beach, I'll enjoy like some time, blah blah blah. Uh, and then I ended up just like still training like two or three times, yeah. <laughs> but like running or something. Where'd you train when you were in San Diego? Uh, steel MMA, and then the arena. Oh, okay. The yeah. arena is really nice. Yeah, the arena is cool. I lived there for a little while. Oh yeah. yeah. Did you go there? Um, I did. I I think I tried it once. Um, I'm trying to remember because I tried three different gyms there. I tried it once. I don't remember what my reasoning was, but I ended up settling with um, with Alliance. Yeah, okay. yeah. yeah. But actually, the last dude I fought, oh man, you probably might have trained with him because the last dude I fought trained there. Who was it? His name was Jeff Creighton. He's a tall, skinny uh, white guy with blonde hair. Mm, I don't think I saw him over there. Oh, okay. Um, but uh, I think he's one of the coaches there. Uh, maybe, maybe I mean we just fought recently and maybe he's just not in the gym yeah. around now but um, so uh, let's see how are we on time uh, we got about 10 minutes okay so, nice you got anything you wanna talk yeah, about yeah fun fact about Corey he actually has a degree in psychology mm-hmm. oh yeah uh, mm-hmm. were, you were planning on being a uh, counselor right when you were done fighting uh, yeah I thought about it um, I still do that now I guess kind of uh I work at a place called Mount St. Vincent's here in Denver. Have I told you guys about this? It's a troubled youth, right? Yeah. Um, Well, I guess, um, so they have to be at the facility because they had some past uh, history of trauma. So, like, that can range from a number of things, but most of the time it's, like, neglect, um, abuse, or, like, their parents were on drugs. So, like, 
they got taken, so the state's involved now, and then they come to our place. But it's a treatment, it's a residential treatment facility for a lot of the kids. I'm only in the school now. Uh, I was working like, I don't know, 25, 30 hours a week. So it's like a boarding school kind of um, for them, with these troubled kids? Or like a kitty jail? No, they're not, they're, it's not like a jail. It's a locked facility, but it's definitely not a jail. It's, um, I would describe it as, I guess, like an orphanage would be like the word that most people would be able to connect it to. Right. Um, an orphanage where they're locked in? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, they're, they're, I mean, they're like, they're what, like six to 13 would be the oldest okay, that we have. Okay, so, yeah. so they're younger kids, but, um, oh yeah, that makes sense. Then. Yeah. But they still, because of their trauma and things like that, and because a lot of them are really underdeveloped, like, uh, they can get pretty like aggressive and blah, blah, blah. So that's why we got to lock the door. What do you mean by undeveloped? Um, well, with trauma, uh, if you're a baby and you say you have like in utero, like your mom's taking drugs while you're, while she's pregnant and then you get born, uh -huh. the development can happen that way. And then like also neglect is a huge reason for like underdevelopment. Like, when you don't love the babies. When yeah. If, yeah. Like if you, you don't, don't cuddle yeah. them, whatever. Yeah. So even like just emotionally holding, undeveloped. Yeah. Emotionally. Undeveloped? Oh, okay. Um, yeah. <clears throat> scholarly. Yeah. Mm, okay, that makes yeah, sense. Yeah, so I've been doing that. So, uh, anyways, yeah, uh, I signed or I started. I've been doing that like three and a half years now, um, and the reason being is I wanted to see if I liked it, and, and it kind of worked out well because I could make my own schedule over there. So I was like, hey, yeah, I'll just. Make but what do you do exactly? What specifically? Uh, I'm a mental health worker. Is my title? I'm like an assistant teacher in the classroom. Nice. Uh, we have like seven classrooms. Each classroom has a teacher, and then like. Uh, six or seven kids and then they, the teacher has an assistant which like uh, is usually me just filling in for someone and then I just kind of like I mean math is really tough for like a 10 year old in general to want to do and then like you yeah. add on like this kid's like dad is in jail recently and his mom is on stuff so he's living with grandma and mm -hmm. you know and like grandma doesn't take care of him so it's like you know is that mentally tiring I gotta imagine it is it was Uh, when I was working like 30, 25, 30 hours a week, because uh, I had to pay the bills, like it was, uh, I would leave home and sometimes go home and be like, what the fuck, man? You know? <laughs> yeah. Like, what the fuck? Not mad at the kids, just like mad at the world because it produced something that Isn't they the had demons? to deal with like that. <laughs> <laughs> well, the demons inside that they got to fight now. Yeah, yeah, You yeah. know? And yeah. I was, and like, I was just like, what the fuck? But. Dude, I'm only there Tuesday, Thursday. Now, I don't even really like saying that I work there sometimes because it seems like, oh, like, you're just trying to say that you're doing something nice, blah, 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 because I'm there, like, 10 hours a week, maybe. Uh, that's still something. Now. I don't I, 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 Honestly, man, I just like doing it because it gives me something else to do. Yeah. So that, like, this isn't just my life. Like, I like, like I said, like, I like, like, I inside me something feels like it needs to, like, give and, like, that's, that's another saying. way. That's what I was going to say, that you got to be a pretty giving person to do that. Like, I mean, I, I can be generous in my own way, but like to spend, ten, I can't imagine spending 10 hours, like I can't, you know, I can't even imagine spending two hours a week with, like, you know, <laughs> crazy 10 year olds that just want to fuck shit up. <laughs> but here you are. Yeah. And then like, look at the full-time staff there, man, where I'm just like, damn, you guys yeah. are doing this 40, 50. Those are the strong people, man. Those have, are special people. I have a friend that does, um... He works with kids that are, like, that usually they're coming out of, like, juvenile detention or yeah. something, but, but the, they're specifically kids that have, like, a family history of, like, gang affiliation yep. and stuff. Mm -hmm. So he has to work with 
he has to get the whole family in there yep. and to explain to this kid why he shouldn't be in gangs. Yeah. Sometimes, like, the dad's... Oh, sorry, guys. Okay. Sometimes the dad's, like, still in there, like, he's still, like, in gangs yeah. and stuff, and that he's sitting there trying to tell him, like, don't be in gangs. Yeah. But he would, same but thing, like... But my dad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, dude. Um, but he would come up, same thing, like, you know, it's just, like, I imagine, right, like, every once in a while, it's got to be, like, it's defeating a little bit, you know, because there's yeah, a lot it, of bad shit out there. Yeah, it's, uh, yeah, dude, horror stories, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't even really want to dive into, like, the really nasty ones, but, yeah, man, I mean... Let the imagination run, and like it's probably worse than yeah. like, than that. Yeah. If you could uh, imagine, it probably happen. Yep. Mm. Yeah. All right. Well, let's talk about something positive before we wrap up. <laughs> yeah. We got about a minute left. Okay. Favorite book that you would like to recommend? Um, the Power Now, but you kind of gotta like be in the mood for that. It's by uh, Eckhart Tolle. Have you guys read it? Oh, uh, I've heard of it. The Power of Now. The Power of Now. Um, is it about mindfulness? It. It's about mindfulness. It's about like detaching uh, your ego from like who you actually are, and um, this. What does it have to be in the mood for? Uh, it's got to be mentally ready. Right? Yeah, it's something that it's like a really. Um, it, it's like almost like reading the Bible. Okay. Where it's like you gotta like read it like word like phrase by phrase. Okay. You know, like it's and gotta like, be something that, that like. Huh? And like you read it, and like, what did that sentence yeah, mean? Yeah, kind of. And, uh, yeah, and like, yeah, it's kind of. Um, Otherwise, it doesn't register, huh? Yeah, or else it won't click. Um, but when it clicks, it clicks. Yeah, when it clicks, it clicks. It, he Eckhart Tolle is like a really smart guy as far as like mindfulness goes, and like uh, just being present and having no thought and not chasing your your thought down a rabbit hole. Um, hmm. That's tight. I'm gonna check that a, out. Yeah, it's a good book. We're gonna have to wrap it up right there. Otherwise, we're not gonna be able to post this. Um, so, uh, how can people follow you? I uh, find you. Instagram. I get a bunch of Facebook requests, and I always decline if I don't know. So, oh, okay. Instagram. Uh, Do you, you have like a fan page on Facebook? No. Oh, okay. Um, Was it Core's Life? Core's yeah. dot Life. Yeah, C O R S period L I F E on Instagram. Nice. Yeah. Um, you wanna? Yeah, Prime. Me, you can find on Instagram, prime underscore time, 9999. That's a root. Uh, and so for me, Nick, you can follow me on Instagram at NickAngeloni155. You can uh, like my Facebook page, Nick the Italian Stallion Angeloni. And if you like the podcast, like us on Facebook, Quotes and Chokes. You can follow us on Instagram, Quotes and Chokes. And you can find us by the same name on iTunes and SoundCloud. Subscribe and uh, share with your friends. Help us grow and uh, help get the word out. Thank you, guys. We're out.